This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Why do people want to deny that such a failure has happened? Because I think it calls into question their faith in church leaders. If this person has done this thing, then where does it leave my faith? Who can we trust? Who can we trust? Now, that's understandable. But I think it's an overreaction. We sometimes do put leaders on pedestals, which is very unwise. We're all fallible, and no one is immune to temptation or corruption. G'day, it's another episode of LifeWords Q&A, exploring answers to tricky questions about the Christian faith. I'm your host, Claire Bruce, and with me is David Ray, the man who does his darndest every week to answer your tough questions. He's a pastor of many years and a Christian broadcaster and writer who loves to tackle the difficult topics. G'day, David. G'day, Claire. I hope we can tackle some more today. Yeah, some would say you're a glutton for punishment. What's, <laughs> what say you to that? Uh, no, look, I, I don't mind doing Q&As because long ago I realised that We've got a lot of questions, but I don't feel obliged to provide some sort of neat and easy answer. Sometimes Mm. there's not any satisfactory answer, so I'm quite relaxed about it. Okay, that's good to hear. So (laughs) let's see how we'll go with this week's question. And this is one I'm sure a lot of people have grappled with in recent years. When church leaders fall, how do we shine our light? Now, it feels like not a year goes by without another prominent church leader being accused or found guilty of some kind of terrible misconduct. So when these things happen, David, how should Christians respond and how can we uphold some kind of credibility in our faith? Yeah, it's a tough one, Claire. And and it's not just prominent church leaders who fail. You know, not very big-time pastors can fail. They don't hit the headlines. They Mm. don't reach the public domain much. But sadly, it does happen. And I think we avoid two extremes here, whether it's a big-time pastor or a small-time pastor. Um, We avoid the two extremes. One is... Join the lynch party. Someone says has been accused, and boy, we jump on them. Well, I always thought they were pretty crook, and I, I didn't ever like him very much, and so on. And so we jump on these people. The person must be guilty. An accusation has been made, so of course they must be guilty. The other danger is to go to the other extreme and to jump in and defend the person as if, well, they're a Christian leader, they can't have done anything wrong, mm. or that person understands the Bible. It couldn't possibly be true. In my own ministry work in more recent years, I've been involved in the network of churches to which I belong in intervening in some churches where there's sadly been some moral failure on the part of a church leader. Mm. And I've been involved in a few of those instances. And it's quite interesting that in some cases, some of those church people will simply refuse to believe an accusation, full stop. Uh, I know of a case where a person was found guilty of a certain offence in court because it was a criminal matter that was involved. And even then, some of those church members said, no, it can't possibly have happened. Mm. Well, uh, that's the other extreme, to almost deny. Why do people want to deny that such a failure has happened? Because I think it calls into question their faith in church leaders. If this person has done this thing, then where does it leave my faith? Who can we trust? Who can we trust? Now, that's understandable, but I think it's an overreaction. Um, We sometimes do put leaders on pedestals, which is very unwise. We're all fallible, and no one is immune to temptation or corruption. On a more minor level, some people might say to me after a sermon, oh, dear me, I found that helpful, and I'm thinking... Dear me, I, I, I wish I could apply that sermon to myself. In other words, <laughs> I am not preaching or teaching as someone who's 
got it all together, I am preaching and teaching as someone who's simply on a journey like everyone else. But some people think, oh, the leader, the preacher, the teacher, the pastor, whoever it is, they must be beyond temptation or corruption, but they're not. So I think we need to suspend judgment, not to go to lynch party mode, not to go to denial mode. Mm. Um, It could be true. It might not be true. So we have to sort of hold that intention, avoid speculative gossip, Mm. which can sadly happen. Um, And we, above all, in my role, part of these consultancy teams that I'm involved with, we remind ourselves that we who stand take heed lest we fall. In Mm. other words, we Mm. can't mount our moral high horse and say, well, what a terrible thing that that person failed. Mm. Hey, there but for the grace of God Mm. might go I. Mm. Do you think that we have to defend Jesus? You know, have, have people who fall morally tainted his name. They they certainly have tainted his name. I mean, I, for one, believe that our Christian witness in very general terms has been radically compromised and weakened by legitimate, valid accusations of abuse over years in some church traditions. Uh, and whenever a prominent leader is shown to be morally corrupt, I think that weakens our witness enormously. Mm. But what we then have to do is to say, well, argue something along the lines, although this is far too simplistic, argue along the lines of, yes, this person is morally weak. This person failed. That church failed. But let's focus on Jesus. Mm. Now, that I think is the right answer, the right strategy. But I tell you what, it's difficult Mm. because, remember, Jesus uses human beings to be his witness in the world. He Mm. uses his church to be almost like a working model of what the society is supposed to be like. And when that is corrupted, it's it's absolutely dreadful. And so we need to point people to Jesus, but we can't do it in a flippant way, I think is what no, you're saying. No, we can't, mm. we can't do it in a simplistic way to say, well, oh, don't worry about that moral failure. Uh, mm. we're, we're all weak and fallible people because, yes, that's so true. And that leads me to another point that in talking about our Christian witness more generally, Claire, I think we've got to forego this idea that we are somehow or other, yes, morally superior, we've got to act together. There is such a thing called the witness of weakness. I've got to be able to testify as a Christian that I'm a struggler. I, mm. I haven't got all the answers. I think if we have a bit more humility in our witness, I think we're better able to put the attention onto Jesus rather than some of his um, some of his sadly fallible followers. But I think it's a bit too glib to say, oh, well, don't worry about what Pastor so-and-so did. Mm. Just look to Jesus because people can rightly say to us, well, hang on, those people were representing Jesus. That's right, yeah. Uh, you remind me of a show that was on TV last year, if you remember, David, Christians yes. Like Us, Christians the SBS like us, series. Yes. Mm. And on that show was a gentleman living in the, um, the co-living house of mm people of various Mm. different Mm. kinds of faith, Mm. was a gentleman who had been abused in the church as a Mm. child himself. Mm. And he found that it was so painful for him that he couldn't even participate in a small lounge room style church service Mm. that they had. He had to remove himself because it just brought up too many painful memories. Mm. So we can't say to a man like that, oh, "Oh, don't worry, it happened, sure, but people are imperfect. Well, that's quite insensitive. And he may never find Jesus within the walls of a church now. Oh, that's right. But he may well find Jesus, for example, in the Christian bikies that he met and really resonated with. That's right. Because he saw a living, true faith that actually meant something to him. I think that's so true, Claire. I I, I think we've got to have a strong 
understanding and doctrine of the Holy Spirit there because I do believe uh, that you're quite right in saying I don't think that person can find Jesus again in the institutional church. Mm. And I know of pastors who've planted churches and who have absolutely deliberately foregone any Christian symbolism such as a cross, Mm. such as anything like that because it's too painful a reminder Triggering. of the abuse mm. and so on. So I think we've got to, with those sorts of people who've been sadly abused and so on, I think we've got to be able to say, yes, I believe God has got his hand on you and God wants you back, da-da-da-da, but it might be that you have to find your way back to God through sort of other channels. For what I would call the, in inverted commas, the normal church-going Christian, I think it is a bit different. I think they've got to be able to say, okay, this person failed. I'm not talking about people who've been abused. That's that other category that Mm. we refer to. But those people who have just had to confront the fact that the Reverend X or Pastor so-and-so, they've failed dismally. We've got to be able to say to them, and I've actually physically actually had to say to some people, just because that person failed in some way uh, does not mean that that invalidates all they've taught you. Mm. There's this incredible situation some years ago in America called the Lakeland Revival. I think it was down Florida way Mm -hmm. where the evangelist was bringing so many people to Jesus, hundreds and hundreds to Jesus, and there was some genuine healings happening too, I believe. Mm. Um, And yet he was sadly proven to be utterly corrupt morally Mm. and so on. He was sadly uh, not worthy of that position. And yet that did not negate the fact that some people were generally converted through him. And Mm. what it means is the old, one of the old saints of the middle-aged church, St. Ignatius de Loyola, once used the phrase, God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. Wow. And it's a lovely phrase because it doesn't excuse misconduct at all. But what it does say is God is still able to use these wounded and fallible and weak people. I'm not talking about people who are serial child abusers. I'm not so much talking about that. I'm talking here, though, about when we see a Christian leader fail, um, I would say, don't be too surprised by it. I'm not saying you should cynically accept it, but I'm saying, look, these people are fallible. I've had people. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.